Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. Get ready for Lori Vallow 2.0. Why won't Adam Montgomery attend his own trial? A teen in Nevada says, well, she just had to kill. Is this gaming the system or is this how the system works? I got a simple idea. Deal drugs, someone dies. Well, then you go to prison. It's simple. Don't fall for love on Valentine's Day. Could get you arrested. And then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Hi, right, lawyer. 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 Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below. Hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting applications. All right, it is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's to everyone. I hope that um, you had a good Valentine's Day. And uh, just remember, the day's not over yet. They're gonna come through, remember that. All right, let's go ahead and get to the docket for today. First, Lori Vallow 2.0. Remember, Lori Vallow has that second case pending in Arizona. And well, guess what? There's gonna be a trial this time. She's facing the two counts of conspiracy to commit murder. And uh, Ms. Vallow faces the uh, charges after she was extradited from Idaho late last year. Lori Vallow is accused of conspiring to kill her previous husband, um, husband number four, Charles Vallow, who was killed by Lori's brother, Alex Cox. Alex Cox shot Charles Vallow at the residence and uh, he claimed it was self-defense. Cox himself then died of natural causes before the police ultimately figured it out that, hey, things just didn't quite make sense at this particular crime scene. So as a result of an alleged conspiracy between Alex Cox and Lori Vallow, she now has these charges of the conspiracy to commit murder. She also has charges of attempting to uh, kill her niece's now ex-husband, Brandon Boudreau, who survived after being shot at multiple times while returning from taking uh, his kids to school. It was uh, later discovered once again that old Alex Cox was the alleged shooter. And coincidentally, you know, on the whole Idaho thing, Alex Cox was more than likely the uh, person who actually killed the children. Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell allegedly conspired and maybe convinced Alex to do that. But anyway, Alex is no longer with us. He can't really defend himself, but hey, we know he did shoot Mr. Vallow. So next, uh, the court is scheduled February 21st. Uh, The court will hold a hearing for the complex case scheduling order. Now, remember the prosecution moved to continue the previous trial date, which was set to uh, start next month. Coincidentally, the exact same time that uh, Chad Daybell was supposed to start his trial, Uh, for the death of his wife, Tammy Daybell, as well as for the deaths of uh, JJ and Ty Lee. The prosecution said, hey, we've got too many witnesses that uh, coincide with that case. We can't do it. The judge granted the uh, complexity finding, and so the case was basically put on hold. Well, now uh, the uh, trial management conference is going to be set for July 5th, and a new trial date has been scheduled for August 1. It could get moved based upon the complexity issues. We'll have to wait and see. And as you know, most people know by now, if you follow Crime Talk, Lori Vallow was convicted in Idaho of the murders of uh, her uh, children, uh, JJ and Ty Lee, as well as um, her previous 
as well as her husband's uh, previous wife, uh, Tammy Daybell. So she's not going anywhere. She's got a lot of time on her hands. Next on the docket, Adam Montgomery. Now, he is charged with the death of his five-year-old daughter, Harmony Montgomery. Why won't he go to court? He's obviously been absent every day from court. We've been bringing you this trial. Well, he refuses to be transported from the jailhouse to the courthouse on a daily basis. I mean, you would think if you had accused of fatally beating your five-year-old daughter, in this case, Harmony Montgomery, and then concealing her body, that you'd want to be there to confront the people making those serious allegations in the eye. Let the jury decide whether you were guilty of this crime. Let's face it, if you're a punk and you can't even show up to court, you're a punk. You're guilty, all right? You're guilty. The jury's going to think you're guilty. It's not like you're being tried in absentia where you fled. You just refused to be there. Now, I don't understand why the judge is not issuing a drag order and bringing him to court and strapping him to a chair so that he can be present for his trial. I guarantee you on appeal, once he's convicted, they'll say the court should have done that and he should not have been allowed to not be present at a critical stage of the proceedings. Mark my words, put it down there. February 14th, 2024, Scott Reich said the appeal attorneys will say, you should have made him show up for court, judge. We'll see how that plays out. Show up for court. Don't be a coward, Adam Montgomery. You're accused of killing your own kid. Have the decency at least to show up. And frankly, it makes you look really guilty. Next, a 17-year-old from Nevada uh, by the name of Mashenka Ann Maria Reed is charged with two counts of murder with a deadly weapon and one count of attempted murder with a deadly weapon. Now, Miss Reed's father and brother were shot to death while her younger sister managed to survive the attack. This all took place back on February 9th at an apartment uh, in a neighborhood in Reno, Nevada. And uh, Miss Reed is alleged to have uh, made one of two 911 calls that day. And what did she happen to say? Well, on the one call, she said, I shot my dad. And she told the dispatcher, um, I shot my brother and my brother is dead. The dispatcher then allegedly asked if either of the victims was breathing, to which Miss Reed responded, she didn't know. And then Miss Reed said that um, she had dropped the murder weapon, which was a uh, pistol, and uh, that was left in the house. And she also said while she was, you know, making small chat on, online with the dispatcher, I just couldn't resist the urge to kill somebody. So that pretty much wraps up that case. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call an admission by a party opponent. It's an admission. It is coming in at trial. Case over. That 17-year-old, assuming she'll be tried as an adult, better get used to a lengthy prison sentence. And guess what we do with people that can't control their impulses? Well, you go to prison until you get so old that you can't act upon those impulses. Probably a very troubled young woman, but hey, what can you do? All right, is this gaming the system or is this how the system is set up to work? So a uh, wealthy um, asset manager by the name of Timothy Hamano has been, um, let's say, disparaged 
by his victim's family as being a coward. Uh, what did he have to do to get to such uh, disparagement? Well, he just happened to be involved in a hit and run accident back in May of 2021. Now remember, 2021 is going to be key here. Mr. Hamano pled no contest. No contest means I'm guilty. Not saying I did, not saying I didn't, but I'm pleading guilty to it. Anyway, he pled no contest charges of felony vehicular manslaughter and fleeing the scene of an accident. He's accused of plowing his uh, Lexus into a parked car in Oakland, striking the victim as he walked along the sidewalk. Mr. Hamano is accused of fleeing the scene and actually left his own wife in the passenger seat behind an inflated airbag. Now, the uh, prosecutor said that he even approached the victim that was walking on the street as he lay dying on the sidewalk, but Mr. Hermano didn't uh, do what most people do, call 911. He turned and walked away. Well, it didn't take long for Oakland police to figure out who the driver of the car was, and a, uh, an arrest warrant was issued, and Mr. Hermano turned himself into the police station. The police obtained uh, restaurant receipts, indicated that uh, Mr. Hermano had been drinking before the crash, but the prosecutors didn't have enough evidence to uh, charge him with driving under the influence would be intoxicated, which would be obviously a vehicular uh, DUI, uh, alcohol-related DUI. But the attorneys for Mr. Hermano are alleged to have deliberately delayed the proceedings for almost three years so their client is going to avoid prison. So Mr. Hermano paid $125,000 bond back in August of 2021, and so he has been on a pre-trial ankle monitor. And the court documents show that uh, his wife's recently filed for divorce, so he's not having exactly a great week. But when he entered his plea, the judge said, I'm going to give this guy six years in prison, which is the maximum for this vehicular manslaughter. Well, like in most systems, prison systems, you usually only serve about 50% of their sentence. No different in California. But Mr. Hamano only has three months left of that sentence to be served. Why, you may say, Scott, why? Well, apparently, because he's on house arrest, he gets sent, he gets credit for pre-trial confinement. So for all that time that he's been on house arrest, which means that he basically got to stay at home and maybe will do about three months in prison before he is ultimately released. Now, did the attorney do a good job for his client, Mr. Hermano? Did he deserve that? No, but let's face it, most of the time, the most undeserving clients get the best results. The problem is that he was allowed to get the pre-sentence confinement on house arrest. I can tell you where I practice law, you don't get that. If you're on an ankle monitor, that's not considered pre-sentence confinement in the sense of you're in custody. No, it just simply means you're being monitored for public safety and you don't get any of that credit. If that were the case, we would just ride everything out forever, just like they did in Mr. Hamano's case. Let me know, did the attorneys play the system? Well, or were they just playing by the rules that was set up by the system? Next, the U.S. Marshals have taken Crystal Kaiser of Milwaukee into custody. She is currently being held in a Lafayette Paris Correctional Center. Now, Ms. Kaiser was free on a $400,000 bond awaiting trial uh, that's supposed to start uh, shortly for the June 2018 death of a man by the name of Randall Villar in Kenosha, Wisconsin. 
she was charged last month with a misdemeanor disorderly conduct in regards to a domestic violence case in Milwaukee. Um, a condition of her bond was that she not commit any new crimes as a condition of the bond. It's very standard. And now the police in Kenosha uh, County have filed a bail bond jumping charge as well, given Ms. Kaiser's fleeing the state. As a condition of your bond, you can't leave the state without permission. That's a separate charge. Had clients that had a great defendable case until they violated a condition of their bond and they were charged with an additional charge. There was one jurisdiction that was notorious for that. Oh, you have a good case? Ooh, you were five minutes late to that pretrial services office. Oh, file that complaint. New charge. I can't win on that one, so we got to cut a deal. That's the way they worked it. Anyway, Ms. Kaiser's trial uh, in regards to Mr. Voller's homicide was scheduled uh, for this June, on uh, June 10th. And uh, prosecutors say that they have no doubt that Ms. Voller was um, assaulted in the sexual nature by Mr. Kaiser, as well as many other girls. Because how do they know that? Well, they have seized videotapes that show some of the assaults uh, from records that they found at the house. Anyway, Ms. Kaiser was 17 when she killed Mr. Uh, Volar. Now, obviously, even if you're assaulted, you can't go around killing people. Just saying. Next, provide drugs to somebody. Somebody dies. You go to prison. It's that simple. All right, ladies and gentlemen, not really a new concept. It's been Most of these laws have been on the books for a very long time. So a guy by the name of William Shane Nolan, who just happened to be a judge in Texas, was found dead in uh, his bedroom of his home back in November of 2023 after 24-year-old Cami Lugwood called 911 to report an overdose. Nolan's death uh, was determined to be a result of a mixture of drugs and alcohol, according to the Tarrant County Medical Examiner's Office. The drugs in his system were fentanyl and trazodone, which is an antidepressant. And the uh, apparently the cell phone records of the young woman showed that Ms. Ludwig had purchased the fentanyl and had given it to former Judge Nolan. Well, there's a law that went into effect in Texas last year that allows anyone who manufactures or supplies drugs that cause a death to be prosecuted for murder. Now, some people are saying this is terrible because this was intended for drug dealers. Like I said, most states have had this law forever. You don't have to just sell drugs to somebody to distribute drugs. If you have fentanyl, which is obviously illegal, and you give it to somebody, that's distribution, whether you're paid for it or not under the law. I remember an example way back when, if somebody was passing a joint around the room to everybody, could they all be charged with distribution? Yes, they could. It's distribution. It doesn't matter if you're paid or not. It doesn't matter if it was consensual or not. The question is whether the substance was illegal. Even if, let's say you have a prescription, some sort of drug, say Oxycontin, and you have your buddy that says, ooh, I'd like to have one of those. You give it to them and they OD. Guess what? You distributed drugs. They died you could be charged with their death. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. So as a general rule, don't distribute drugs. That's your free legal advice of the day, okay? Going back to our story, the police also found evidence that uh, she sought out the pills and then obviously gave them to the victim, in this case, the judge. She is a drug dealer, ladies and gentlemen. Don't do anyone a favor by giving them illegal drugs. You're a drug dealer. Next on the docket, don't fall for love on Valentine's. It could get you arrested. Take a look at this. A Peruvian police officer, yes, Peru, 
um, lured out a suspected drug dealer with a fake Valentine's Day gift while wearing a fuzzy bear costume and um, holding a sign on the street and having a box of chocolates. While the uh, suspect uh, comes out on the porch, the video kind of cuts to a different shot, but that's when the other officers rush in and arrest the suspect. The pair even took a little part in arresting the uh, suspect. The uh, plainclothes officers are part of an anti-drug task force uh, called the Green Squadron, and um, that's their job is to go around and arrest people selling drugs in Peru. Here, the drug dealer was accused of distribution of heroin and other opioids. Could have almost been a dumb criminal, but no, <laughs> we have a dumb one today. So just remember, after punching a female nurse in the face, a woman declared that, hey, I'm mentally ill. And that victim, she should expect to get hit by a mental patient. So please meet Latika Barron. Well, she was uh, taken to a hospital for some treatment. As part of the admission process, Ms. Barron was required to change into a hospital gown. Well, during that process, Ms. Barron asked the victim, am I being Baker acted? That's the Florida uh, Baker's Act that covers individuals that are deemed to be impaired and in need of crisis services. Well, she was told that she was in fact being involuntarily admitted. And then Barron allegedly punched the female nurse victim in the face, leaving her with some minor scratches, uh, some swelling and bruising. There were obviously also several witnesses to the entire incident, which resulted in Ms. Barron being arrested. Now the victim said that uh, Ms. Barron explained that uh, she was a psych patient and that the victim works in the mental health and she knows how this works. Ms. Barron added that uh, she would get away with this and that the nurse should expect to get hit by a psych patient. Well, despite her apparent belief that she would escape unscathed after punching the nurse who was in a uh, uniform and a hospital ID, she was arrested and charged with battery of a health service personnel individual. And guess what? That is a felony. So Ms. Barron was uh, booked into lockup no bond has been set as of yet, but hey, you know how these things work. When you're dealing with a psych patient, you should expect to get assaulted. Judge, I wonder if she's gonna go flying over the bench like that guy in Nevada did a couple weeks ago, our dumb criminal. Anyway, that's our show for today. Thanks for watching. We appreciate you uh, joining in. And remember, the Constitution matters. Mm -hmm.